I'm recording too. Oh my goodness. We are so in sync and backstreet and all the things. Hey guys, welcome to Winging It, the West Wing podcast. My name is Andrea. And I'm Sally. And today we're going to be talking about season six, episode 13. Yes, I looked it up. King Corn. <laughs> Hooray. I'm ready. I'm ready I like- too. I like a little king corn in my life. Yeah. Uh, let us <laughs> let us do some singing. Yes. I'm, I'm in New York City, so I'm I'm ready to sing anytime. Things are made of. Right. Sally, seriously, girl. I mean, like, you can sing it at different times to me, but you know I'm going to edit it together. <laughs> because it's not going to sound right. It's not going to sound right if we're, like, double-dutching the melody. I just fix it in post. Oh, All you're doing is making my life more difficult, and it's they don't even know. Really, what's crazy is that I am not even trying. Like, I feel like I do it the same every time. I'm the least musical person. <sighs> I just need to get you a metronome. I need to get you a metronome. Yeah, give me a metronome. Of, like, Toby bouncing the ball. That'll be that you're like... <laughs> that's what that's what the Perfect. ball's for. That'd be pretty great, actually. I mean, well, I could just... Maybe for your birthday, if you're good. Um, okay, well, we just had our birthday, so... That's maybe my ball, year. actually, going... Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I will do the TikTok on this one, because here's what happens. One, and I hope I don't get this wrong now that I've said that. One, <laughs> a, Tur- a Turkish woman is caught in, in an act of adultery and is going to be executed. It's something that happens that is not a major part of the story, but it's something that happens. Mm-hmm. Two, they go to the Iowa Corn Growers Association. End of episode. <laughs> Everything happens revolving around the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Yeah. Hence yeah, the name, King Corn, not King Kong, different yep. king. So, let's talk about it. Let's chat. Okay. Um, <laughs> did you like it? Let's um, start there. Yes, it's perfect. Okay. I love it. Yeah. It's a rewatcher all the time. <laughs> I don't know about perfect, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I sorry, I got a little emotional. Yes, I really like this episode a lot. It is a rewatcher for me. I feel like I watched it last week. Um I rewatch a lot of Josh and Donna episodes. I think that comes as no surprise to anyone. And I think I'm not alone in that. Yeah. I tweeted I tweeted about it yesterday and I got some strong uh, <laughs> very fast responses on the Twitter sphere. I mean I don't want to jump ahead to the end of, of the episode. But yes, let's talk in broad yeah. strokes. What, what what are some things you like aside from Josh and Donna, which we'll get to? I like the setup of the episode. That's about as broad strokes as it gets. I liked the we're going like through Iowa. the same day three different times. Yeah, I love Iowa. No, I like that we're going through the same day three different times from three different perspectives. I thought that was a cool way yeah. to do it, and it was just, I don't know, just it spiced it up a little bit, like being out on the campaign trail. That's true. There's, we're yeah. outside of the Oval Office, of outside the West Wing, and I love that as well. I don't know that we have other episodes that follow that parallel storyline. You know, we start by following Donna and then Josh and Vinick 
I loved that. I feel like they could have done yeah. that more. And I just, because what I loved about it is that we got to see them like getting ready for the day, you know, and after yeah. seeing somebody for six years, you feel like you know them. <laughs> and then we just got like a more intimate look like, oh, this is how Donna yeah. gets ready in the morning. This is what Josh is like in the morning. You know, it's just, it's well, endearing. It is. And, but fun fact for that, um, according to the DVD commentary, the director Ooh. said that the way each of the characters sleeps, like or, or like was woken up, like Josh with the pillow over his head and stuff like that, is modeled after how the actors actually sleep. What so, way yeah. to pull out the deep cuts, Sally? <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Who sleeps that with a pillow the on their head? That's a great question. People who hate themselves, I don't know. Like, do you want to stop breathing? I don't understand. <laughs> that really. That is curious. Well, when we have Bradley Whitford on, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. That won't be creepy at all. Um, no. So, <laughs> uh, other than the structure, which was delightful, I also really mm-hmm. like that we got some Arnold Vinnick in this one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I know, we're not, I know we're not supposed to be, like, pulling for him, but... Right, right. No, but I am as much as we're supposed to be. Like... We're not supposed to be pulling for him because we like Matt Santos, but I think, I, but I think we are supposed to be like a little bit conflicted. Like, wait a minute, I like this guy so much. <laughs> like, he's a cool dude. So, it's fun to see him, and we get to meet his staff. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. get to meet. Um, it's a it's a home improvement kind of episode yeah. because we've got Mrs. Taylor from Home Improvement. <laughs> that was Patricia Richardson. Yep, Patri- Yeah, that's her real human name. That's it's fun. It's fun because we get her, and then eventually we also get Mr. Matthews from Boy Meets World. So if you were like a TGIF person, <laughs> you know, if you're my age, you know what I'm talking about. And if not, it's fun. It's a little Easter egg for you. We uh, also had a cameo, kid. a cameo from Sean Ashmore, who is also somewhat of a '90s guy. He was in Animorphs. <laughs> Okay, you're you're alone on that limb. Did right I lose there, you? But... I'm hundred percent not alone on that one. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna need everybody to write in. He's also in X Men. I know. Sean but... Ashmore. I don't. don't I don't. Animorphs. I only watch X Men if James McAvoy is in it. So if he's not in it, I have not seen it. Well, not Animorphs was this TV show in the late '90s about these kids who also turned into animals, and it was also they were also books, and they were a big deal. <laughs> So, I'm so I'm so glad that that was there for you guys. Anyway, um, any he makes a quick appearance, and that's all that I had to say about that. Um, <clears throat> I I do want to say because I think about I travel a lot for work, as we all know. Uh, this felt this episode felt particularly. This is probably why I watch it so much because I feel like I identify with it. A because <laughs> I'm in hotels all the time, so I yeah. think about this episode. Pretty much every time I'm in a hotel, like every time I'm like putting the key in, I think about like the Josh and Donna key thing. And yeah. also, I really love wake up calls for many reasons. One, no. it makes me feel very grown up. Two, I think you sleep better because you're not worried about oversleeping, which is kind of a fear of mine. Those phones are so doggone loud. Like, it's it'll wake you up. So all all that being said, I love a wake up call. Do you use wake up calls a lot? Absolutely, yes. Wow, I huh. sleep better because I'm not worried. It's like the robot's job to make sure I wake up. It's not mine. Interesting, interesting. You, you know who doesn't love a wake up call? Donald Trump. 
Sorry, Josh Lyman. <laughs> I don't see myself ever loving a 545 wake-up call, but yeah, none of them seem excited about it. Oh, well, no, 545, that is obscene. I definitely, I wouldn't enjoy a wake-up call 545, but that's, it's the early hours where you need one, you know? Yeah. 545, this, again, a reason why we can't work for the White House. Um, so true. All right, so what else? Okay, well, we'll just start at the beginning. I did not love, okay, I love seeing Donna. Wait, okay, there are things I loved about the beginning. I love seeing Donna. Mm-hmm. I loved, well, I like loved, hated the elevator scene. Oh. And like the hotel scene and the whole, just that whole beginning. It's like, I love this, but like I hate it because just like suck it up and be a man, that, you know? That silence or in the elevator. be adults, either one of you. <laughs> yeah. Be a man, be adults. Oh, that silence in the elevator when this, when you hear him say, hold the elevator, and then she sees it's him, and then Ugh. them just trying to make small talk with the biggest elephant in the room, and then they realize they're going to the same floor. Oh. It is the worst. It is painful. It it's is painful, painful, right? It's painful. Like, I'm obviously always Team Josh and Donna, but it is, it is, like, hard to watch because it's just, like, maybe you guys shouldn't be together. If neither one of you can, like, have a healthy situation like what is happening I don't know anyway so that was good but frustrating but then when we start following Bingo Bob and Will Bailey and Donna I don't care about that I didn't care about the whole first part <laughs> I think I blocked it out of my memory honestly yeah I, I, mean, I didn't just, take any notes on it also what I thought was interesting was it was very it was a lot darker than the rest of the episode maybe that was just my imagination but like you visually, mean like the lighting it was dark yeah Hmm. Yeah, well, because I remember it's, thinking it's grim out there in Iowa. Yeah, I guess so. Well, but then it got brighter <laughs> with the rest of the episode, so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, it's I the, just it's really the hope they of tried. They tried to make me care, and I just didn't. I don't. <laughs> maybe that's, I, but also maybe that's because I knew it was coming. So I was like, let's just get to Matt Santos, and then let's get to Vinick. You know what I mean? So yeah. that could have had something to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't just yeah. park there for the whole episode. No. I did love the the part when Josh was too hasty with the key card, and he's like, I get frequent flyer miles every time I swipe. And he's like, so much yeah, for the Bermuda trip. And of course, Donna helps him, like old times. Yeah. Yeah. So that was happy and sad, because it felt like, oh, that's something that she would have helped him with if she were his assistant and things hadn't broken down. And it's hard to compare mm-hmm. that to, like... Just remember, he, like, flew to Germany at the drop of a hat and was, like, sitting yeah. at her bedside and she and was now bleeding. We're, like, and now we're, like, talking. strangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so real. <sighs> so weird. I don't oh. know. And then he crosses the hallway and he doesn't knock. That, oh, that scene oh. is tough. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. I agree. I agree. I didn't like it. I, like, I liked it, but I didn't like it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, this is... A-plus commentary, guys. This is what you're paying for. (laughs) I liked it, but I didn't like it. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I think you're not alone in that. People are are, are chiming in the same. It's it's a painful, it's a very painful scene. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, do you have anything else to even say about the, the Will Bailey section? I just thought it was... I just really didn't care about Bingo Bob. I mean, I thought, I think, I I obviously, I always think all the politics of things are interesting. I think, you know, they're talking about, well, the whole episode, they're talking about whether to do the ethanol pledge. Um, But they're talking about 
getting people up there to debate with him that seem crazy. Like, I find all of that interesting. And then Donna goes to meet with them. I mean, sort of. I find, like, the... I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I I've, I, honestly, I've said... I've rewatched this episode so many times, and it wasn't until this episode, and even not till at the end, or actually, probably partway through, when I realized why Donna was meeting with all of those, like, fringe candidates. And oh. I know, like, I've listened, and it's not a subtitle thing, don't go yeah. there. But I just, honestly, I was like, why is she talking to all these deranged, <laughs> crazy people? <laughs> it's just like, because I understood, I heard the opening where they're going to set up this some sort of town hall with these other fringe candidates because they want to position uh, Bingo Bob to look like the serious candidate and to put right. coins up there, and it, but it would look like a circus. And so I understood that that was happening, but then I didn't connect the dots. I think it's because the candidates that Donna was talking to were so out there. Ridiculous, that they, yeah. They just seemed like random people. They didn't seem like people that were running. So I think that is why... The dots didn't yeah. connect for me until, like, this 15th rewatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. That's fair. But also... I judge you on that. Thank, thank you. Uh, I, loved, I loved that. The only part that I care to mention about uh, the Russell campaign is that they have a real tour bus. So I felt like yeah. another instance where it's my life. And uh, it was funny to see that compared to Santos, who's in an RV. So... Yeah. That really that speaks volumes alone to their yeah. funding and their position in the campaign. Right, right, right. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, we can just pivot into that. I thought because we talked about how it was cool that this was the way the episode was set up, but that was what was cool about it was that not only are you seeing how they're reacting to situations differently, but you're just seeing their their sort of surroundings and their campaign and like how everything is set up. It's all very different. The little that little RV man. From the outside <laughs> was just so sad. I know. It's so cute, oh. though. I love it. Yeah. Um, there are more ways that this relates to my life, and I'm just going to tell you all of them. Uh, okay, apparently, great. Josh is scared of small planes, too. Oh, my gosh. That scene was my favorite scene. <laughs> it's still my favorite scene. I remember watching it the first time and thinking, because he like goes around at first and is like sort of inspecting the plane. And I remember thinking, like, see, like, I, I wasn't, it did not even cross my mind that he would be flying the plane. I was like, oh, that's right. funny. Like, he has that background. He's just, like, double-checking for the pilot to, like, make sure, like, I was trying to think, like, oh, I wonder what, like, storyline or what little, like, quip Josh is going to make about that. And then when he, when they're <laughs> he like, oh, he's it. up front. It's hard. Yeah. And then, and the look on Josh's face <laughs> when he sees him lean over in the cockpit is just, like, what is my life? Like, it was, it's just the best. It's so But great. also, it, it was already set up because he was afraid, because it's a small plane, which I am too. I'm terrified of, I'm terrified of all planes, but especially yeah. the small ones. You get me on a prop plane and I'm, like, not doing well. That was even smaller. <laughs> and he's talking to Ned, or whatever the guy's name is, about all of the different, like, musicians who have died in small plane crashes. Yeah. Like, Buddy right Holly and... <laughs> Um, yeah, right there in Iowa, too. They didn't mention Aaliyah, sad. But also, yeah, so that that set it up perfectly. So he was already scared, and then yeah. we get Santos at the in the cockpit. Gosh, gonna that's do, great. Gonna do some barrel rolls. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just great, I thought. 
So I would, that was two thumbs up for me. I, well, okay, I just loved, I mean, I feel like I'm just going to say this for the next season and a half, but I just love the dynamic between Matt and Josh. I mean, because again, we're having this whole argument about like, he really doesn't want to do the ethanol thing. He really mm-hmm. doesn't think he should go out and say the thing about that and like take the ethanol pledge and like say he's all for ethanol and whatever. And so they're debating about that for their whole section. But just their, their banter, their back and forth, because they're also talking about the race debate. And, and mm-hmm. Matt, you know, they're like, oh, you guys are going to prepare me for a debate on race. And or when they're talking around the plane, he's like, does my State of the Union only run on Telemundo? Like, he's talking about how does Josh only want him to have a pulpit with Latinos? So it's just, but they're back and forth. It's just so fun. Yeah. That I could, I mean, and we do literally watch that for forever, but I could just watch it forever. So. And, it, and it's good to see that Matt, decided to I mean it's sad that he compromised because we want to believe that people who are passionate and principled can get elected just because they're passionate and principled even though sometimes things don't play and you have to it is all about compromise so in a sense I was glad to see that he was compromising so that way it's not this whole storyline of Josh trying to get him to you know, you have to play the politics of it. If you want to get right. to an office where you can actually implement the changes, you have to kind of, sometimes you might have to pander. So right. I liked the the struggle of integrity for him and for Vinick. And I loved that when the two got together, when Vinick and Santos finally met up at the end, they could identify with each other. And I mean, that was probably yeah. really, I mean, unrealistic. Unrealistic, like, when, Yeah. yeah. But it's nice to have two courageous, principled candidates, you know? Right. Well, and I thought it was really interesting how they drew that. Because, you know, like we've been talking, like you were talking about, like, it's interesting to see that fight between, like, oh, we want him to be principled, but, like, he's going to have to compromise. And so it was interesting that they chose to have Santos, who we're supposed to be rooting for, they chose to have him in the storyline he does compromise. Instead and of then Vinic. we have mm-hmm. Vinick, who is the opposition. So we're kind of rooting for Vinick a little bit because we're like, we just stick to your guns, man, even though it's unrealistic. But they mm. also do a great job. I mean, Josh does a great job of presenting the argument for for compromising because he's like, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. But in order to get there to make the changes, we have to do this one little thing. Yeah. You can't <laughs> have like, another you know, Mayflower moment in, right. in Iowa. He's sort of like, listen, I'm on your side, man. Like, hey, guy, I wanted you to be president. Like, I agree with you. I'm supporting you. Let me help you get there. So it was interesting that, that cause, because in uh, another contrast, Bingo Bob at the beginning, he sort of thinks like, well, maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe ethanol's not that great. But then he just does it. I mean, he really doesn't have that much of a conflict with it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. I just thought it was interesting the contrast between those three. Um, so at least Santos is thinking about it and is, and is, you know, struggling with this. I don't know. I just, I thought it was a super interesting way to present that storyline and I really liked it. Absolutely. And I, it was all brought about because Santos's wife, Helen, yeah, was the one who was bringing up her reservations about it. And can I just say, yeah. if I haven't said before, I love Terry Polo and I, I think she fits in seamlessly she's yeah strong but she's feminine and just so so believable yes i love her and i think it's so believable it's the she's the perfect fit for matt santos like character wise i just i i just love them together 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing how, like, the perfect casting of it, like, they become a huge part of the show. They've already become a big part of the show. So to enter in in the sixth season, or I guess at the end of the, of the fifth season, um, yeah. I just feel like it, yeah, it was seamless. So it's, yeah, it's, and that's impressive. That's not an easy feat by any means. Yeah, so, we like, we like both. them immediately and we believe them. Yeah. Immediately, so I think it's yep. I think it's funny that she uh, she asked Josh not to keep Santos up too late. It's just gotta be weird <laughs> to share your husband like that. Like he's a grown yeah. man, you're like, um, make sure he's in bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all it would all be very surreal. So I liked I like all of that, uh, all of that being Josh and Matt, and every time they interact. Flying the plane was so great. Oh, oh, also I had a note about, it's interesting that, do you feel like there's been so much commentary in the episodes about like how crazy it is that our elections work the way they do? Like there's so much commentary about like, why does Iowa go first? Mm. It's so dumb that Iowa goes first and New Hampshire and do, do, do all these Mayflower, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it definitely seems like a prodding of like, hey, why are we doing this? Like, let's think about why this is like this. Um, yeah, it's so I true. That was interesting. I, I it's very intriguing to me because all of this is a new world. So before the show, I really had no sense of that. But I was also a I didn't have a, a sense, teenager, like so you know, like I knew how it worked. I knew that certain states went first, but I didn't have a sense of how much it influences the whole process without us really realizing it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, so, I'm from I'm Illinois, so we, we try not to give <laughs> Iowa any attention whenever possible. Sorry, <laughs> Iowa. We, you have better schools than we do, apparently. Um, people are, have very strong feelings about Will and the, the ice cream machine. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. First what of all... Are people's, wait, what are people's strong feelings? I don't know. People, just a lot of people mentioned it, like... You know, when I say King Corn, I think most people think, oh, Josh and Donna and that. But we've had, a, like, a slew of people be like, oh, wait till you get to the Josh Molina and the ice cream machine. I don't know. Uh, it, but it's confusing to me because I he's just, like, staring at it. And apparently, and again, this is, like, my 15th time rewatching it. Didn't understand this until this last one and reading the Wikipedia page about it. That apparently yes. the vending machine didn't give him ice cream in the end. Yeah. That's I what I am reading I now. Know. I didn't even pay attention to it. But did you I get that at was, the time? No, I didn't get it until I just looked it up too. But yeah, because I, I, thought, I thought he was marveling at like the machine, the suction cup. So I wasn't even looking at I just, what yeah. it was picking up. I couldn't understand the, <laughs> his so subtext dumb, at all. Dumb. Like it was just a really long shot of him. I was like, is he just tired and, like, pondering his life choices right now? Maybe he was. Right. But, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I don't know. Dippin' Dots know. would have been a better choice. Anyway. <laughs> I um, was just so distracted by the machine and the suction cup that I, I didn't... I was trying to connect that metaphor and couldn't do it. So I didn't even can, pay attention to what he got in the machine. You kind of wonder if, like, when Josh Molina travels, if he ever sees an ice cream machine in a hotel, if he thinks of it. <laughs> Surely you know? he does. Yeah. I don't know. It's how some people can remember you for things that you don't really associate with yourself. Like, I had a friend yeah. who, like, associated me with this pair of sandals that I, apparently I wore all the time in college. 
and and I like kind of forgot about them but she told she saw and she's like oh I thought of you the other day because I saw these sandals that look like like your sandals so anyway all that to say he may not think of the ice cream machine but you know we do the things that stick out what else oh what's the deal this is so minor it's ridiculous question but what's the deal with everybody holding everybody's umbrellas can nobody hold their own umbrellas that really bugged me (laughs) but also because everybody gets there I thought it was going to be a commentary on like Oh, look, uh, somebody holds the umbrella for Bingo Bob, and somebody holds the umbrella for Matt Santos, and then Arnold Vinick holds his own umbrella. But that didn't happen. Oh, but like, man. It felt like they made such a point of showing the umbrellas, and it just drove me crazy. I was like, what is this a metaphor for? You should have directed this episode, Sally. Nothing. It doesn't seem to be a metaphor for anything, and I needed it to be. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not. I feel like... no. It's not. The, the, I feel like the modes of transportation were deliberate in showing their kind of funding level and status and all that. But the umbrellas, oh, maybe, agree. maybe not as much. Yeah, yeah. Question. Why? Also, why did they leave the briefing folders or there's like Manila folders or I don't know what they're called, just um, legal envelopes? <laughs> I should take that over. Um, why did they leave them in the hall like that? Uh, like in front question. of them. Because couldn't those contain sensitive documents like opposition? I have no idea. Opposition research. Why can't they just slide them under the doors? Great question. Okay. I had no answer. I was wondering. I was literally wondering the same thing. I don't. Okay, I good. thought that was because it. Right, like it would slide right under the door. Right. It's not like it <laughs> couldn't it happen to me. I, I yeah. Suppo- someone write in and explain this to us. Because but I, I su- I suppose for the sake of TV, like if they, if they weren't out there then we wouldn't know that they were in the rooms. <laughs> I think it was just Yeah, a I guess so. But still, it's not a very good idea to leave those envelopes out there. They could contain no. sensitive information. Um, no. We get Toby Ziegler in this episode for approximately <laughs> three seconds. I was wondering about that. Do you think he got... I mean, do they get paid every episode if they're in them or not? If they're series regular, like they're a cast member? Yeah. If not, did he get paid for this episode? I'm pretty sure they get... I, I mean, you would have had to get salaried. Paid, I don't. It's not yeah. like an a day player, right? Right. You right. know. So, yeah. I that was That's a short so day to for bring Richard. him in for just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Less yeah, than half a day. That yeah. was funny. Um, but really, we need to talk about the Ryan Adams song at the end. Desire. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I as love soon that as it song. Starts playing. I'm just like. Well, Two hearts oh, I know. Game over. Absolutely yeah. game over. Yeah. I can't think of a better... I mean, there's there could be so many songs that they could have chosen. But I love that one. It just... The, oh, the kind of, like, quiet yearning in it with the strumming. It's not overly sappy. It's just about longing. Oh, man. It's just perfect in yeah. every way. Desire. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then it plays, like... Donna's like semi watching Josh through the window and uh, I mean through the people and it's just <laughs> why aren't they getting together, Sally? Why because is they're taking... the worst? Why... <laughs> why is it taking so long? I and when he... hate it. Oh, like he... what? Oh, and he cross. I just love when he goes across the hall and he like almost knocks and you're just like, yeah. do it, just freaking do it. Say no, something. seriously, do it. But honestly, if it he did, crazy. If he did in that moment, actually knock on her door and say something, I still don't think it would have been like romantic. I think it would have 
we're so far away from that right now. It would have just been like... Because that's the way they wrote it. Well, it's (sighs) just... It's been a long time since that's even been on the table. Because it's such a work thing right now. It's like, you left me, you know... So it's going to take a is, long time to get back there. You, you left me. You're no longer my assistant. Now is the perfect time for us to be a couple. Let's get it on. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. But, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, this We should mention this episode was written by John Wells. Some people, oh, yeah. are, just, some people are just really talented. They can yeah. produce a show. They can write episodes. I'm pretty much only good at tap dancing, and even that is kind of on a sliding scale, depending on who I'm with. I'm only good at singing the West Wing theme song, so (laughs) hopefully that will come in handy one day. Yeah, maybe it will. Maybe maybe if there's a reboot, they'll hire us to do the new theme. Perfect. Dream job. Not Lin-Manuel. Probably just us. Yeah, just us, for sure. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, well, is there anything else? I mean, there's a lot of, like, funny lines in this episode, yeah. too. But it, then it would just be us, like, reciting lines. But <laughs> yeah. you should go back and rewatch it. Yeah, it's a good one to rewatch. yes. This this episode kind of feels like a musical comedy to me. Like, not not so much ha-ha comedy, but just the tone of it is definitely more musical than drama. Yeah. Especially with I the way it that. starts, with the, the song, like, After Midnight, and then ending yeah. with the song. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. yep. I love yep. it. MVP? Me too. Um, Arnold Binnick. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. A strong case could be made. Uh, I, uh... Following his gut. Yeah, that's, that's admirable. I mean, I can't split it between Josh and Donna. Neither of them really <laughs> win it Neither for me. Neither of them did well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're both, both a little failed. stunted. Yeah, I'll go with Vinick on this one as well. Yep. Okay, cool. Or the cool. random dude cool. who was singing Peace Train. One of the two. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, that's a fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. He gets half my vote. Um, okay, well, if you guys have other thoughts and feelings about this episode, and we know you do, you can send them to us <laughs> at thewestwingpodcast at gmail.com. We love reading all your emails. It's super fun. You can also uh, hit us up on... Especially if you tell me that you remember Animorphs. Yeah, please do that so Sally feels validated. Please. It's fine. I have no idea what she's talking about. Uh, <laughs> you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wing a Pod. We're not on Snapchat because I don't want to. And if you want to support <laughs> no. us, we are on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Wing a Pod. Listeners supported because we be poor. <laughs> um, but whatever. Um, okay, so the next episode is The Wake Up. Wait. Next episode's the wake-up call. So many wake-up yeah. calls going on, guys. Yep. Yep. I, I love it. I'm going to sleep well knowing that that's what's <laughs> next. Okay. Go out there and have a great day, y'all. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>